just be there, be present. And if you get it wrong, it's fine because we're like a lot of women don't know either. Do you know? And we're getting stuff wrong all the time. So yeah, it is. It's an important one that we do all come from a menstrual cycle. If it wasn't for the menstrual cycle, we wouldn't be here. So there's a huge amount of power in that. No wonder we've been pressed in it. If you're anything other than a woman, you may think that the menstrual cycle and period pain doesn't really affect you. But in fact, the only reason you exist here today in this world is because someone had a period. In this episode, we're chatting about how to transform your pain to your superpower with your cycle, chronic pain, trauma, and burnout. But before we dive in, please share this episode with everyone you think would benefit from listening and like, share, and subscribe on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. If you'd like to submit questions for our guests, receive exclusive gear, and even be featured on the show, visit the site and subscribe with a one-off donation or become a member for as low as $5 a month. So who am I and why did I decide to create this show? Well, after unraveling all of the medical and pharmaceutical lies I had been told about my endometriosis, I educated myself and I was able to heal myself after 17 years of debilitating pain. Whether it's endo or any other disorder labeled as chronic, we expose the lesser known solutions that can heal your mind, your body, and your spirit. My experience inspired me to actually live my art. So I created an ongoing art series about it called Every Phase, where I powerfully illustrate how I healed myself as I live by the phases of the female cycle in Freudian rhythm clock. The artwork shows what's happening in the brain and in the body during each phase and reveals how to biohack and leverage this energy in your life. Watch for the newest release on the last Friday of this month and be the first to see it by subscribing on my website, MeredithOchoa.com. You can also check out these super cool, and you can see this if you're on YouTube, $50 bite size, because you can literally bite them, acrylic block art pieces. And these actually capture all of the images from the Every Phase series. And they're super fun. You can stack them, collect them. They're limited edition, but super affordable still. And you can always still pick up a signed copy of my award-winning augmented reality book, Face Your Shit, Feel Yourself. So even though I was lied to for years by doctors promoting big pharma, I was able to find experts who helped me achieve the impossible. This show introduces them to you. Today, we are chatting with health coach, therapeutic practitioner, and educator, Lisa DeYoung. Lisa specializes in women's health, the menstrual cycle, chronic pain, and trauma. She has a one-on-one private practice coaching clients all around the world, and is also the founder of the globally accredited professional training, menstrual cycle coaching, and facilitation professional training. She works via a holistic, integrative, and trauma-informed approach in all of her work and business. She brings a gentle yet powerful touch to her clients and groups supporting them in the understanding of their body. Most of her clients are those who have already been around the block to doctors, medical professionals, courses, have read books, etc. She has a particular interest in supporting people to feel empowered and hopeful in themselves when feeling stuck or lost. 
Lisa's practice is built on her own lived experience of chronic pain and her vast portfolio of professional training in women's health, coaching, trauma therapy, and other holistic modalities. Prior to this work, she has a background in communications and business with a degree from Trinity College in Dublin and business and French and a master's of philosophy and linguistics. In her free time, she enjoys being with friends, family, traveling, and drinking tea. She is an aunt of three and lives in Wicklow, Ireland. Lisa DeYoung, I am so excited to have you on Face Your Shit, Heal Yourself. How are you? Thank you, Meredith. Yeah, I'm okay today. I am on day three of my cycle. So there's a little tenderness still there, but I'm really good. And I'm really glad to be here chatting with you again because you were on my podcast, I think, a month ago or so. I am honored. Absolutely honored. And thank you for sharing that, too. I think like when we're on our cycle, it's and you know this, it's just such an intuitive time where we're able to share really profound messages. And hmm. I thank we'll you for <laughs> profound is a vague statement. It could cover a lot. Of... I mean, I have profound thoughts. It's just sometimes they don't come out very clearly. <laughs> you Got know? it. I do understand that totally. Yeah. <laughs> so being on day three of your cycle, what'd you have for breakfast this morning? Oh, yeah. So I had, it was a great question. I had an egg with toast and I actually start my day always with a cup of green tea before I um, eat anything because it it takes me a while to kind of wake up Mm. and then I had an egg and toast and I actually on Wednesdays I go to yoga so it's important for me to get some protein before I do movement so that's what I did yeah yeah that's actually kind of similar to what I had egg and avocado and toast oh nice that's a good combo yeah I'm obsessed with totally. Mm -hmm. And I like it. I do over medium because I'm like, I got to have that yolk. Oh, I know. Especially if there's, yeah, on the toast and avocado. Yeah. And it keeps you going for a long time then, doesn't it? If you have healthy fats. I love that about it. hundred percent. Yeah. Good for your skin. Good for everything. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Yeah. I'd love for you to share on the topic of healthy fats and things that are healthy for us. Yeah. Pain Mm -hmm. to power is, you know, a transition I feel like we're all confronted to make throughout this life. I'd love for you to share about your focus of moving from pain to power as a coach and as a therapist and just how you got started in this field. Yeah, it's a good question. It's quite a long story. So I start, I won't go into all the details, but I, okay. I'll take on a little journey. So I had chronic period pain since I was a teenager, since I began menstruating. And, you know, like a lot of people who experienced a similar thing was actually similar to yourself, Meredith, you know, in and out Mm -hmm. of doctors and on and off different medications, mostly the contraceptive pill. And long story short, I decided to come off the pill because it just wasn't working for me and I was having other side effects. And then I discovered that I'd never been taught about my menstrual cycle adequately before. So I began educating myself about the endocrine system, hormones, the nervous system. I started to take courses. Then I learned a practice called menstrual cycle awareness and about the inner seasons of the menstrual cycle. 
And all this was all like I was working in an office navigating this personal journey with pain and hiding my pain. It was very like secret and not really many people knew about it because back then no one talked about periods. And I think the only people who knew were my mom and maybe my sister, if even. Yeah. You know, and but I would call in sick and it was just this it was just this like mystery hanging over me every month and I just never could get to the bottom of it. And then and my mental health was pretty bad at the time as well. I, I had a lot of anxiety. So there was kind of a lot of chronic pain on all different levels of me happening. And so I just started to lean into healing tools and resources. I began therapy, began reading a lot more about healing and the body. And that was all personal. And then I started to do workshop women's circles in Dublin, in Ireland, women's workshops about the menstrual cycle and they became very popular and then I had an opportunity where a journalist wanted to feature my work in the mainstream media in Ireland so that was a really you know great opportunity and it was a good time as well it was a few years before the pandemic and the conversation of the menstrual cycle was becoming a little bit more mainstream and so I got a little bit of traction and started to work with clients one-to-one and then I did more training to understand how to do coaching and I trained in trauma therapy and I started to build a portfolio of skills and experience through working with people. So Mm -hmm. it's just been a lot of learning and it's, you know, very much been an organic journey and the path has really led itself and I've just stayed present and curious and followed it. I mean, it's been very up and down. Um, Yeah, I'm very happy to say now that I work with clients, with groups, and I teach professionals as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the reason I call my podcast and From Pain to Power and Mm -hmm. a lot of my work is because a lot of my work is about that. It's about supporting women and people with menstrual cycles to access their true power, their sense of sovereignty or agency in themselves and to really own that for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so necessary right now. And it's been necessary throughout history, throughout all time. And I feel like specifically women have just been bulldozed and really bulldoze themselves. We bulldoze ourselves in not really looking and honoring our bodies and our cycle. And it's interesting that point you made about the pandemic, because I feel like one of the silver linings for that was a lot of people were confronted with looking at themselves and their body because of lockdowns and everything else. And the conversation became more mainstream of our bodies, our health, our cycles as women, and, you know, looking into the facts about that and all the things that we didn't know. So it's just a really, really interesting path that took for you. Yeah, thank you. Like I was forced to go down it because it was like, like you, my pain was really bad. To the Mm -hmm. point where, you know, I'll be really honest with you, I was having suicidal thoughts and just it was really bad. And I, it was just, you know, it wasn't a way to live. And, uh, you know, I was forced to go down it. I didn't necessarily know what was doing in the corner and down the path. But thankfully, I did find a lot of support and really amazing teachers like yourself and practitioners and healers and guides, you know, who, who helped me along the way. Definitely. And I'm so thankful now to even be having these conversations. I never, ever thought in my journey, and I don't know if it's similar for you, 
But, you know, it I definitely didn't have the attitude being in that much pain of, yeah, you know, one day this is going to be over. <laughs> I, you no. know, it was never like that. It no. was like, how the hell am I going to get through this next second? Right? Yeah. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. Sometimes I still I still get pain, not to the same level, Meredith, at all as yeah. I had before, but I still live with pain that is you know healing is never linear and I do have moments where it can kind of creep back in a little bit and I should be really careful with my thinking when that happens and the story I tell myself so it is it's it's a practice of being present isn't it in your body when you have chronic pain it really asks for you to stay present with the experience and meet your needs with where you're at and not go off interpreting things and projecting into the future that's my tendency my tendency is to be like oh I've I've pain again and I've done all this work and yeah it's just gone I've gone backwards and then next month I'm actually fine you know so there's so much unpredictability about it and uncertainty and I think that's the piece at the moment that I'm realizing like this is a spiritual path this is really asking me Mm. to be very present it is 100% and those stories we tell ourselves what do you think are some of the most common stories or challenges that you hear about when women come to you with chronic pain, with trauma and burnout? Yeah. I do see a lot of trends. I think what I see in my practice is that, and I'm not saying this isn't true, it's kind of like a both and. So I'll mm-hmm. explain what I mean by that is a lot of people think it's only in their diet or in a lifestyle thing, like they need to be doing more meditation or more yoga or more exercise, or there's a practical thing that needs to be, like they need to do something differently or behave differently, or they need to completely change their diet. And a lot, there's a lot of radical thinking about diet as well. That's another whole other conversation. Um, But what I see is there's kind of this fear of pain people carry and perfectionism around wellness even. And, you know, the standards that we hold. And then also when I dig deeper, there's a lot of women who and people with cycles who might be like a really common thing I see is people who don't have the skills and the capacity or the safety to feel uncomfortable feelings. I know we talked about this before and how Mm -hmm. whether it's feelings in the present because of circumstances or feelings from the past because of things that happened. You know, I work from a trauma-informed perspective, so there's a reason why we don't feel feelings and there's nothing wrong with you if you struggle with that, but it does eventually take a toll and we pay a price for that. And so that's something I try to help people with is to build in their body more base for some of feelings, you know, difficult feelings and including good feelings too, actually. Yeah. So yeah, we're we're in touch with those feelings. We can move through them and when we don't allow, when we are people who are highly sensitive, that's another trend I see a lot of people who are very intuitive, highly sensitive, creative individuals with these difficulties. And then they have all these big feelings. But when we block them, it's it's a lot of pressure. It's like we're trying to stuff a lot of energy down into this container when actually we need to loosen the container. And then the body becomes a bit more free and that tension, like we let go of tension when we allow ourselves to feel our feelings. It's just building safety with feelings really is the huge piece that I see in my work. Yeah. Great question. (laughs) Yeah. I remember talking to you. One of the most profound things I remember on your podcast was we were talking a little bit about endometriosis and estrogen dominance, so to speak, as a response to the patriarchy and the overbearingness throughout history 
there was something about that. I thought I remember that specifically, especially when you were talking about some of the common issues that people come to you with because it's part of the collective understanding of anyone that experiences a period to have, you know, when you have estrogen and estrogen dominance, the roots of that being based in something, of course, biological, but also something spiritual for the Mm. collective. What are your thoughts on that? (laughs) Yeah, it's a really big question. And I do think about that a lot. I think like how we're interconnected, not just on the physical, but also like this. So this, the systemic view is a view that I work with in my work and that collective view. And so, okay, so when we look at the menstrual cycle from that energy's point of view, and we split it in half. So we have the, say we have two phases to the menstrual cycle. We have, say, the follicular phase and the luteal phase. And I know there's two others as well, but we'll just keep it simple for now. So that first half, when you're coming out of menstruation, that is the half of the cycle where the hormone estrogen is rising. So that's the estrogen side of the menstrual cycle. And from the Chinese medicine point of view, that is the yang or the masculine energy. So that's the coming out of the cave and you know, ready to exercise again and do things and be productive in the world. And then the opposite of that is the yin, the waning side, waning moon, or the feminine side of the menstrual cycle. And that's the progesterone side of the menstrual cycle. And what a lot of the holistic health practitioners and nutritionists talk about these days is something called estrogen dominance. So estrogen dominance is where we have more estrogen in relation to progesterone, okay? And so there's a dominance in the ratios. And when there is estrogen dominance, that can lead to inflammation. And then that can have an impact on conditions like endometriosis, PCOS, any kind of inflammatory condition in the body. And so that's all very on a biological level. But I do think there is an adaptive sort of response that happens because we live in a very quote unquote estrogen dominant world in terms of our values, i.e., masculine oriented, capitalism, productivity oriented. It's in our interest to be in that East, to live in that estrogen dominant side. And so I think the way I see it is like, it makes sense to me that a lot of us are like that because our environment is like that and our culture is like that. So of course our bodies are going to respond to that. So that's kind of how I see it. And there's loads of ways that you can counteract that through diet and reducing chemical intake, you know, like practical things. But I also think like exactly like what you said there, Meredith, rejecting patriarchy, rejecting other systems of oppression, particularly things like ableism as well, th- that can be really helpful for just returning to a bit more balance in our hormones and in particular our nervous system and who we are as people with menstrual cycles and living cyclically in the world. And I'll give you an example. A lot of us, myself included, when, you know, if you have a job and you feel sick, the majority of us will feel guilty or bad for calling in sick into work, right? And we don't like in a lot, even the, the, you know, the employment laws in the countries aren't set up to encourage people to call in sick, right? So in particular, I know in in the US as well, but there's no encouragement there. We do pay a price for it. And then of course there's guilt and all this kind of thing. And we value ourselves on productivity and our ability to work. But when we really question those feelings and those values and ask ourselves, like, are, like, what are we doing to ourselves? And if we're pushing and burning out, then we're paying a huge price for it in terms of our health of, over the long term. 
giving yourself permission to rest and seeing rest as a proactive thing as opposed to a reactive thing that helps you to nourish yourself and have your you know reconnect to your zest again and not just be in survival mode all the time right that is rejecting ableism that is rejecting patriarchal conditioning you know the negative side to capitalism because there's you know positives to it as well so it's something to think about is when we start to break those rules and not just go along with them I think it's a huge benefit to ourselves and to the collective yeah that's such beautifully said especially the piece about you know just being who you are and honoring your body is rejecting it's not like go out and hate men <laughs> that's not no, no, no. honoring your body has nothing to do with anyone else except for you it's a very internal going from the inside rather than going out here and saying it's your fault it's your responsibility or you guys have oppressed us for years and that's why all this shit is happening no <laughs> it's a more empowered sovereign state saying my body has the wisdom and everything that i need mm -hmm. and i just need to really start listening to that so I, it's just so beautifully said, and I wish that more people understood kind of the difference in masculine, feminine, their polarities. They have nothing to do with sex or gender or really anything. It's polarities of energy. And the way we live in our society, like you said, is just all about what's on the outside, what you're producing, work, all of that. And so the goal is not to have either one to just be feminine or just be masculine. You need both. You have yeah. both in life for a reason. And it's just with everything balance. And that's just if everyone lived that way, we wouldn't have these things like estrogen dominance or really anything mm. dominant because it would be honoring everything that's already there. Yeah, you we'd know? be living more in the spectrum. You know, there isn't it's not black and white. There's a lot of gray area. And yeah, no, it's not definitely not when I use the term patriarchy. I know you know this, but it definitely isn't yeah. anything about like hating men or anything. It's more about the values that patriarchy upholds and the invisible rules that it asks us to follow and the valuing of the linear and productivity, the cost of our wellness and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So very curious, if you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, Getting a message out, especially this is perfect question for what we just discussed. Getting <laughs> a message out to like billions of people, what would it say and why? That's such a good question. <laughs> I wish this was actually a thing that I could do. So my answer to that is when you asked that, the first thing that came to my head was make your own decisions. <clears throat> and the reason I say that, I know that sounds easy, but it's a lot of easier said than done. The reason I say that is because going back to kind of your first questions about my work and my professional practice, what I see benefit people the most when I'm coaching people, it's not the information I give them. It's the permission with how to engage it, in, in, how to engage with it or not. So for example, when I work with people who are struggling with their health or a menstrual cycle or with chronic pain, a lot of those mm -hmm. people will have read a lot of books and they will have learned a lot of practical things that they can do to help their hormones but then they can get very stressed about not doing it all correctly or doing the right things or doing it all and what's really important is that we are able to live our life from this value of take what you like and leave the rest and mm -hmm. you know give yourself permission to 
just try things when you want and really get curious about what your preferences are. You know, what, like, how do you know what your preferences are? What does that feel like in your somatic self and your body? And can you give yourself permission to just make your own decisions for yourself? Yeah, we need input. And I always turn to people who advise me in my life on things. But ultimately, you do have to make your own decisions and be really clear about whether something is coming from a should systemic cultural thing that we're shooting ourselves or if we do have access to our own internal compass, like you talk about a lot in your work, your intuition, your inner guide and building that up and learning how to really be with your own sense of agency. And the reason I say all that, Meredith, is because I just from like doing my work for several years now, I see the best results in people when they start to build up that access to their own internal guide and agency and decision-making ability and just leaving whatever isn't for them on the table. And there's a lot of healing in that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so much power on a spiritual level as well. Really, it connects you to something much greater than even you, you know, just something, the source and the connectedness between all of us is really what you get connected to when you start spending a little bit of time with yourself. Yeah. Which is, yeah, which is wonderful and which is why we get so many benefits out of it. Yeah. And it can be, yeah. And it can be so hard to do because a lot of people don't know what they want because they, because they're so mm-hmm. used to following whatever and, you know, not understandable given the world we live in. And it's not easy so many options these days, you know, if you need a pair of black shoes and you go into a shoe store, like it's hard. There's a lot of options, but to really sit with yourself and get quiet and be curious about, it's almost like you're being curious about your curiosity. Like what is your curiosity saying to you and where is it leading you? And can you like what, if you go into an ice cream shop and you're looking at all the flavors and you're moved towards one flavor over another, like why what is it about that particular flavor that you prefer and get curious about what is it in you that's drawing you to that flavor or color or whatever it is and the more you get to know that that little inner voice or guidance or whatever the easier it gets then to be able to know what it is that you need and want in the world you know but like it's an ongoing journey I don't have it figured out either (laughs) yeah and that's the best part there's no destination like the whole thing is the journey and that is definitely something I wish that I just like took a step back, like looking back now, I'm like, it didn't have to be that much hell. Like I know. <laughs> it did, but it also didn't like it's all fine and it's all perfect and it's all good. And it was that hell for me for a reason, too. And it served me as well. It's all a perspective the way you look at it. But yeah. it's like that journey piece who that when you get to a certain point, you're like, oh, I reached this part that I thought was a destination. And then you realize, oh, but it was really all about what I just experienced. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That lasts for two seconds. And then you're like, it's this constant state of evolving and ascension. And it gets into a more spiritual conversation, as you know. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. I know. And then you realize, oh, I there's no there was no need to for me to question myself and spend so much energy like doubting myself for so long. Cause, you know, and then you start to you just start to be easier on yourself, don't you, the more you go through the journey. A hundred percent. So when women come to you on their journey, what would you recommend? And really just for all people, one thing that you recommend, everyone start today and one thing everyone stop today to help them with their pain. Okay, that's a very, 
that's because it would be different for everyone who I'd work with. So I'll yeah. try and keep it general. I do like practically speaking, I love the, I know you're into this as well, the stuff about balancing your blood sugar levels. I think that guidance is really helpful. And it's very like if you have chronic pain, you most likely have inflammation. And so learning how to balance your blood sugar levels through your diet, it's very easy and it's very, you see results very quickly. And I like a practical tip that you can get results from quickly, you know, it keeps you motivated. So the, there's loads of ways to do that. But the one thing I would consider is like we were chatting about at the start is to include healthy fats in as many meals as you can and to not yeah. skip meals either. I think I used to do that. I used to kind of I wouldn't binge eat, but I'd skip meals because I was busy, you know, or drink mm -hmm. tea or coffee or snack on something instead. But now I try to have like meals and balanced meals at the same time every day. And the difference in my energy is huge after doing that. So that's one thing I would recommend people to to start doing. And the other thing you said, something to people to stop doing, what comes to mind is isolating yourself. I think it's really important to be in connection and have people, even one person in your life, like going back to the suppressing your emotions thing, that's such a huge part of our health that we don't talk about enough. It's really important to have a place where you feel safe to talk about things, like a non-judgmental space where you can talk about your feelings, whether it's a friend or a family member, or maybe you pay someone like a therapist or a coach, just that you feel comfortable where you can talk about things that are going on in your life and they might be able to mirror things back to you or give you a different perspective or sometimes challenge you or just for you to be heard. It's a really healthy thing for you to do. So yeah, that would be the that would be the proactive piece about, you know, don't isolate. Because I think that isolation is a huge part of the problem when it comes to pain. Yeah, it's, it's such a lonely road, as you know. Mm -hmm. And this conversation, like we were talking about earlier, just was not mainstream no. at all. Very isolating. And so it's so powerful. The community you've created and the work that you're doing of holding that space for people as a coach, as a therapist, it's so profound because no one knows. I mean, people are starting to know now, but at our time, and even, you know, a lot of people still in the mainstream don't know that there's resources out there yeah. that you don't have to there's a very limited number of options presented to people in chronic pain and it's usually some type of intrusive surgery or some type of really yeah. harsh drug and that to even if that is what you choose you don't even know anything else on the menu and then there's no real person or place to process all of those emotions with and to share that with if you don't have a partner that's supportive if you're going through this on your own. It's something I wish I would have known about you. I'm sure you <laughs> wish to say, I wish I would have known that there was this entire community so much earlier. I'd love for you to speak about some of those very unique and valuable resources that you've developed for self-care during endometriosis specifically. I have actually several courses that you can take for free on my website. I think it's called, um, can't you remember the name of my own, my own course? It's called <laughs> End Endometriosis, a self-care journey, because a lot of the advice about endometriosis is about like really helpful, like practical things, like I said, diet. And then there's loads of guidance in terms of if you are looking for a surgeon, I highly recommend the Facebook group Nancy's Nook, which I refer to in my course. 
but a lot of the the because I work from a relational point of view, meaning the relationship with yourself and the world and your body. Yeah, it's just called endometriosis, a self-care journey. So it's all about learning to feel empowered, finding your voice, being in trying to cultivate more self-compassion, particularly when you're going through pain. And then there's lots of practical things you can do. There's so many things I do. For example, like the blood sugar thing is really important for me. Before I menstruate, I will make sure that I have food in the house, you know, so I'm not left without food. Practical things like that. I also do acupuncture. I I went for a Maya massage therapy teaching and I do that on myself. So it's like an abdominal massage that I do yeah. every once in a while now. I used to do castor oil packs, but I stopped because I just didn't want to mm-hmm. do them anymore. But I, that's something I could take up again. So there's loads and loads of things you can do. Really, it's thinking about how you can reduce inflammation and support your relationship with yourself. And then I have as well a menstrual cycle tracking j- journal. And on my website, and I have another course, which is all about trauma and chronic pain. And that's all learning about, yeah, like how to regulate your nervous system better. So there's loads of resources there on my website. And then I've got, as you know, my podcast as well with things to listen to. So I just, you know, have a little look around and see what takes your fancy. I visited your website and there's tons of cool stuff on there. I really loved seeing that there's actually that course you spoke about a little bit as like an add-on for health practitioners. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love I'm just like, this should be required education for anyone that is coaching, especially when you're coaching women or anyone that has a period or is dealing with this, even partners, men. I mean, my husband, I feel has benefited from understanding the phases and living cyclically himself and he does a lot of the dinner cooking and I do a lot of the breakfast and lunch. And so he really gets into it and it's really connected us a lot. So I think this should be just like good for everyone to look but, at. Yeah. Maybe we should make a course, you know, for partners. <laughs> There's an idea. <laughs> it's a such a course. critical. Um. Yeah. It's so <laughs> critical. And I remember a lot of the therapists that I saw on my journey, like pelvic floor physical therapist. And then I saw a sex therapist as well from some of the sexual trauma I experienced. My partner, and they were just like astounded that I had, that was one of just the pillars of my recovery is that I had someone, not everyone has this, that was there every appointment, you know, every surgery, like every time he could be. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of men are really like it's like a frightening thing, like the period, because they're like, I want to be politically correct and I don't want to offend anyone. Yeah. So I don't know if anything comes out of my mouth is going to be bad. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to not say anything. It's like the quickest way to get a guy to stop talking to you. Just talk about your period. I know. <laughs> run. Like, so it's so indicative of the society you live in where it's so separated. Yeah. And it's like dude, you came from a woman. We all did. Mm. We all are involved in this period conversation. Every single person on the earth. What are your thoughts on that? (laughs) Oh my God, it's so true. There's a lot there in that, what you've said, Meredith. It's so true. Like I I have loads of male friends who I talk to about my work, but then like (laughs) I have one friend, God bless him. Like he shared something on my course, that course you were talking about. I trained professionals in coaching in this space. And he shared mm-hmm. it on his stories and then he texted me privately and he's, did I say that? Okay. You know, did I say the wrong thing? And I was just like, it's fine. Don't, don't question yourself. It's okay. There's no wrong. You know, there's literally mm-hmm. no wrong. 
and we need mm-hmm. you. We need the men to ha- to be there, you know. And I'm similar to you, very lucky to have a very supportive partner, and he doesn't like. Yeah, thankfully, he doesn't question himself because that'd be like a lot of work for me to have to validate him all the time. <laughs> I don't need that either, you know. So no. just be there, be present, and if you get it wrong, it's fine because yeah. we're like a lot of women don't know either. Do you know? And we're getting no. stuff wrong all the time. So. Yeah, it is. It's an important one that we do all come from a menstrual cycle. If it wasn't for the menstrual cycle, we wouldn't be here. So there's a huge amount of power in that. No wonder we've been oppressed in that. Huge, Mm. huge. And it's such an opportunity for men to also support that. Yeah. And, you know, everyone lived in a world. Our earth operates cyclically. Everything. (laughs) Seasons. It's all connected. (laughs) It is. And what's so cool about this is that like when you first start to learn about the cyclicality of the cycle and the seasons and your body, you kind of le- like one of the things you learn is like resting at menstruation. That's one of the tools, right? Resting and moving slowly with your energies. And you do start to think, oh, I have to rest more. And how can I do that? Because I have loads to do. But the more you start to live it and the more you start to integrate it really gently, like on, on Monday this week, Wednesday today, I was on day one and I had a lot of work on a lot of calls. But I still, I squeezed a nap in in between. So I had little pockets of rest, you know, in between things. And that helped really balance my day out a bit. But what I realized is that, and you probably know, I'm sure you feel the same in your own work and your art. You do become really creative and really productive in ways that you've never been before when you start to live oh, in yeah. this more cyclical way. So you're not missing out. In fact, you're actually really improving that internal chi and zest and connection to yourself and your higher power and your energy and you just have so much more access to energy and it's there's so much more to live for you know I'm just not in survival mode anymore like I used to be absolutely exactly just because you can doesn't mean you should it's something I'm constantly saying Especially in me making art, even, you know, creative processes. Like, yeah, yeah you got it. Like the best art is not made when you're rushing your ass. Through no. Cranking it mm. out. Like, hell no. No, it needs time to marinate, to sit, you yeah. know, to develop, to grow. Yeah. And pacing yourself with that process. It does take time. Things just take time, but it's so worth it, you know, because you're following breadcrumb trail, if you will. And you're not forcing your agenda on something and it's just yeah it's just a nicer way to live I think you know yeah absolutely and now the nicest time is the biohacking with art time are you ready (laughs) (laughs) all right it is our finale question it's my favorite part of the show if anyone could tell if you could describe your healing philosophy of going from pain to power with any art medium, how would you make it and what would you choose? So I've actually done this already, Meredith. So this is an easy question for me. I love it. It's actually, I'm so cheating with this. I'm cheating because I didn't make it. Well, I kind of did. So I'll tell you the story. I worked with a branding designer last year to create a logo for my work. And I'd already been doing my work And by the way, if you're a coach or a professional who is wanting to start like working with people, it's really it's a really good idea to start your work and then do your branding a few years later, because then you know what it is that you do. Right. So that's what I did. I did my branding after I'd been doing this work for a few years. And so she sent me loads of questions about who I am and what my brand was and what I do, blah, 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 and got me to do a Pinterest board and all that kind of stuff. 
And mm-hmm. then her job was to design some logos, etc., for my brand. And one of the things, so I'm half Irish, half Dutch. And hence my surname is my, so my surname is a Dutch name and my mother, my dad is Dutch. My mom is Irish and my mother's side of the family come from an area in Ireland where they speak Gaelic. So Irish. So my mother grew up as an Irish speaker and my grandfather, so my mother's dad, he was a scholar of ancient Irish literature in Ireland and very well known in that kind of like academic space. And I was very close to him. And so he was a scholar who studied like the Book of Kells and all these ancient Mm. books and literature. And I don't know if any of your listeners have been to Ireland, but there's like, you know, all these, there's a very certain type of art that you see when you Google like Celtic design. It's all like spirals and curls and all these really cool designs. And so my going forward then to my web designer, she was asking me, are there any kind of like designs that you like and I said I really like Celtic design because it's connected to my own heritage however I think it's also very pagan looking and my work isn't Mm -hmm. in the pagan kind of space so I just kind of dropped it in I didn't expect her to design anything with anything Celtic in mind and then anyway long story short she came back to me with my logo one of the logos and it was this beautiful like circle with a spiral in the middle it's kind of like a spiral but it's got four corners and Mm -hmm. it's very classy looking and she said to me and she had the little description beside it and she said to me this you know depict it's linked to celtic design and your history but it also depicts the journey that your clients go on in their journey from pain to power because it's like a spiral but when you take a step back it looks really symmetrical it's like a little bit like an one of those you know those ice crystals where it's like perfect or the mm-hmm. snowflake when you put it underneath yeah. uh, it's like that it's got this like perfect form and you look back and you realize oh it's in the twists and the turns and the spiral that there is this like holistic form and there's the beauty and it, and it carries meaning so when you asked me that question I was like that's my answer I guess I was part of that design wow. with her and I was really proud to have that as my logo because it's just very mean I don't think anyone really understands that but me but it's really meaningful for me when I look at it you know yeah. Oh my gosh. Just <laughs> totally knocked it out of the park. That is <laughs> I know she did. Just, <laughs> yeah. She did. And then your story and having just, you know, the birth of that thought of because I always like to say the best marketing strategy is just telling the truth and how much you tell the truth about who you are, what you are, like that is what is your competitive edge. That's what makes you different. That's what separates you is just the being you and it's yeah. that's such a it's literally a symbol of your history and also your forward progression and your work here really yeah. beautiful it's yeah. such an opportunity people don't think that deeply a lot unfortunately a lot of time into logos and it's such an opportunity into design work in general and branding in their business they're like not thinking like that way but it is like people are coming to see you what are you about and it's really telling like that energy and that story even if people don't understand and they're seeing like these lines it's still there yeah yeah the vibration is there right yeah that's what I feel and it like I feel very connected to it so I always feel very proud because I was so close to him my grandfather and he just did such amazing work and also in Celtic history there's so much connected to the cyclical like the moon and the sun and the stars and 
the Celtic calendar as well that really aligns with the menstrual cycle too so it's just yeah it's just like very synchronistic that she put that together for me I was like I cried when I got it (laughs) yeah beautiful awesome it has been so powerful this conversation with you today and it's been just such a privilege to have you on I would love for you to share where people, and of course, we're going to list all of this in the show notes, but where can people find you and learn more about your work? Thank you so much for having me, Meredith. It's been so lovely to chat with you and I really loved your question. So people can find me on Instagram if you just type in Lisa Deyong, D-E-J-O-N-G. And I'm also, I have a website so you can find everything, all the resources and everything about me and my work on my website, lisadeyoungcoaching.com. Awesome. Very cool. And I hope, and Lisa also hopes, everyone is able to take away something from this extraordinary conversation that we've had today to help them go out, face their shit, therefore healing themselves. And remember, as always, the truth will set you free. We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you. If you liked this episode or you think this show would be useful for someone else, the best way you can show your support is to share it on your social media outlets with family and friends or subscribe with the link below to receive exclusive perks. And if you're feeling really generous, please leave a review on podchaser.com, YouTube, or Apple Podcasts and pick up a signed copy of my book about how I healed myself from endometriosis on my Instagram at Meredith W. Ochoa. Thank you so much for listening and for having the bravery to face your shit and heal yourself.